Please accept this as my welcome to the Radio Rally on Clubhouse. This event happens every single Monday in our group, The Encouragers, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. What you are about to hear will be focused on lifting you up, giving good advice, hearing the stories of some amazing radio people, and uncovering the path forward right now. Today's live event will be a podcast called The Encouragers, the Radio Rally Podcast, and will become available within about an hour, if not before, uh, at the very end of this live event, wherever you get your podcast. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating the audio footprint and distributing them. It doesn't pay to miss any of our live events on Clubhouse, not because of us, because of our guest. When you subscribe to our individual podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, you'll hear unique perspective on today's audio world and sometimes helpful tips as well on getting ahead. Like when WIRK West Palm Beach morning show host Tim Leary said, Quote, I just love radio. When I got out of college, I was touring as a stand-up comedian for years. I ended up moving to Chicago. I'm a graduate of Second City. Eventually, moving to L.A. with my wife, did a lot of work there, worked for Warner Brothers. One role could be enough to keep you going for a while, but all along the way, I worked at radio stations. There was always something about radio that kept drawing me back, unquote. What you haven't heard, if you didn't hear the live event, you can hear by subscribing to The Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. You'll hear what actually hooked Tim on country music and country radio, which is where he is today, of course. And you'll get some tips on getting ahead in the radio business. We have great guests and insight every single week to help you grow, learn, and meet challenges of your career in the 21st century. Meet our guests live on Clubhouse or subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss anything. The Encouragers Innovation and Audio Podcast and the Encouragers The Radio Rally Podcast are both on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. Today, right now is our Mornings to Satellite Active live event. Uh, Krista Hatcher-Ullman, the morning show host for Krista and the Morning Rush at 93.1 Jams in Madison, Wisconsin, is with us. And, of course, Bob Buckman is the uh, Sirius XM Director of Music Programming. Both are going to be on this live event. Before we get started with our guest, I want you to know about next Monday. Don't forget, August the 16th, Monday, Dave Steele, commercial media voiceovers for radio television, film, narration, and agencies worldwide will be joined with Vicki Pepper, who is, uh, of course, a traffic reporter, director of public affairs and programming for Odyssey, KFRG. We'll be talking to both of them. We've already scheduled guests all the way until September, actually October for this event, if you can believe that. And you really should see the list on our free blog section at rainmakerpathway.com. That is also where you'll find tons of free encouragement for on-air and promotions with our more than live and local guest series. And for local sellers, you get even more encouragement with our encouraging sales success series, as well as free resources for anyone who actually earns their living from being on the air or being in radio today. We don't lock away anything on our website the way some consultants do. Of course, you can go to RainmakerPathway.com anytime, 24-7, and see what you can get for free from our team. Please follow the people on the stage in this event tonight and look around the room to connect with some other folks as well. Uh, we do encourage a lot of networking for your broadcast career on the encouragers. My name is Lloyd Ford and I'm a branding advisor and consultant with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works LLC. Call me about our music lab and how it prevents music drift and improves ratings. You can also find out from our team how our morning show fame development coaching puts the accent and the action in the right place 
to build opportunity for robust ratings growth. Ask about encouragement too. It's one of our services. If you know someone who's looking for fresh answers, recommend us. We'd love to help. And of course, you can reach out anytime, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. One last announcement. There's something going on tomorrow. If you haven't heard about this, uh, I you know, everybody's so busy these days. Tomorrow, August the 10th, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific is our first ever bulletin live event with the encouragers. This is totally different than our normal live events. Tomorrow, we are presenting the Radio State of the Union, a frank discussion about employment, job search, career management, corporate and local radio, and the future with Mike McVeigh and Lloyd Ford right here on the Encouragers on the Clubhouse app, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. This is about radio and the future of your career. So tell everybody here tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern, this event uh, will be something that anybody can appreciate if you are in the radio business trying to chart the future in this crazy business today. As we gear up for a great live event, I do like to check in with our co-host. I usually have a question before we get started. Let's start with Jesse Tack, of course. Jesse, how are you? Lloyd, I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing good. Can you tell us about <clears throat> the random camping lights? Now, while you're at it, I want to know, uh, how do you know when certain things that happen in your life are perfect for on air and social media? So those two, those are my questions. They're intermingled. What about these camping lights? Yeah. Well, I came home the other day and I had two Amazon packages on my front porch and I'm like, did I order something? And I, I go to open them up, and as I'm opening these boxes, I'm like, ah, this is not anything I ordered. And I got a planter, you know, a very random planter, and then I got these two white lights that light up like brighter than the surface of the sun. Like they're so bright, they're wow. solar powered, and you can plug your phone into it to charge your phone. So I'm like, well, these are kind of cool, and they've got a hook on it. So you can hang them upside down in your tent if you're camping. And they serve a purpose, but I paid squat for these things. Uh, now, when you say just, squat, you, you mean zero, right? <laughs> I want to be clear. Pay, I didn't pay anything. Like They were shipped to me, and apparently it's a thing that maybe some sellers on Amazon do to try to get their seller rating up, as in like a purchase was made. It shows on mm. their end by giving to me. Wow. So I don't really have a purpose for these things. Um, but to answer your other question about how do you know whether it's good for on air or not, I tend to lead a very regimented, like same day, same. I, I do a lot. I don't have a ton of excitement in my life. Uh, I'm a, I'm introverted. I'm, I'm what have you. So when these things happen to me, I write them down. Like I'm like, this is something. Um, and I just look for those quirky moments uh, of the things that I would find myself calling a family member or a brother about or posting about on social media in the first place like oh my god look at these weird lights i got for free in the mail and I, that's kind of my filter i did think by the way it was pretty compelling on facebook i got to watch you do this and i was like okay that's great use of light at least right? oh the lighting was good it was like i was like who needs a ring light when i can just hang these uh camping lights up in the studio. That's exactly what I was thinking about watching. I was like, gosh, he doesn't have a use for these, but they sure are perfect for social media, they, right? They make me look better than I actually look. That's what yeah. that's what you like. Good, nice, soft light. Okay. Right. Well, listen, thank you for joining us, Jesse. Of course, Jesse does afternoons on B105. You can catch him on their live stream anytime in the afternoon. Now, of course, I get to uh, check in with Heather Froglier in Riverside, San Bernardino. I Look, I want to know, how are you, Heather? I am uh, up to my arse in alligators today. My little girl started uh, her freshman year of high school today. Instacart oh. just brought groceries. <laughs> and I just Well, wait, 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 wait. Was yep. that tough? She's starting this new adventure and, you know, she's growing up. Do you feel that? 
Uh, yeah, it, but it's bittersweet, you know, it's just, it's mm. really bittersweet because she's my only one. So I'm anxious for her to walk through the door. She, uh, texted me from the park on the way home to let me know she met a friend and she would like to hang out at the park for a little bit. So let her do that. She's had a big day. Nice. All right. My question for you is pretty simple, but I think it's also pretty interesting and showcases the real power of radio. Did you recently have a listener do something for you in Bozeman, Montana, that was actually amazing for you personally? Yes. Um, you must have saw my Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. Last week, uh, a lady, a listener, text, or, uh, tagged me in a post on, on Facebook, and it was a picture. And all it said was, thinking of you, Heather, it's really beautiful here. So I wrote back. I didn't really instantly recognize where she was. I said, where are you? And she said, I'm driving through your hometown of Bozeman, Montana, on my way to Yellowstone. And then she said, I blew a kiss to your dad from you. And I looked harder at the picture. And to the left is a, like a grassy patch that I recognize right away as the cemetery. And she was a listener. And I've talked through the years of being from Bozeman, and I've talked on the air about losing my father. But the fact that she would remember to do something like that, for me, just absolutely floored me. It it's amazing. Me I, think about it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's amazing to me. Uh, you know, you hear talk about this from time to time. Really amazing on-air talent do a good job of explaining who they are and sharing who they are and their heart with listeners. And it comes back. It does. Right? It really does. I don't. I think you know a lot of radio folks would probably say the same thing. I receive more in my life from my listeners. I mean, they've helped me through a lot of you know, grief and happiness and sadness. And, and, you know, we think we're all about entertaining them, but they give so much back to us. That was just a wonderful example. And I was really moved by that. It's, it's kind of our version of you hear these artists who are on stage and they talk about how audiences give this energy back to them and that they feel that, you know, so yeah. of course it happens on radio too. Listen, you've got a really great guest for us, don't you? I do. I'm excited. Krista Hatcher-Ullman, uh, morning show co-host or host of the Krista in the Morning Rush, 93.1 Jams in Madison, Wisconsin. Krista, thank you for being here. I know it's been a few weeks we've had you on the calendar, and I'm excited to get to talk to you today. Hi, Heather. I'm so excited to be here. Yay! Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> first things first, we want to hear all about your journey in radio, and then I'm going to grill you about mornings. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, thank you again uh, for having me here. I'm so excited. Uh, my journey actually began um, when I went to Viterbo in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and I went to school for acting. And, uh, you know, improv was my huge passion. And it was funny, you know, I went to school and uh, I tried to get in as many plays as I could. But for some reason, I was not getting casted. I don't think I had a voice good enough. So I was always kind of like in the background. But again, you know, my joy was always doing like the SNL song parodies and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, finally, when I was a senior in college in 2000, I was, uh, you know, I had to do my acting recital in order to graduate. So at the time, I thought, you know what, this will be the time that I, I decide to share the thing that I loved most, and that was writing songs. So mind you, I went to a Catholic college. So in the audience, I had nuns and, uh, and so forth. But um, I decided to, you know, do what I love to do. So my, my songs were a bit raunchy. Uh, I, I actually wrote them about myself. I had a song called uh, One Eye because I lost my eye when I was five from a hockey stick. And I'm also a natural redhead. So I had another uh, song that I wrote called Fire Crotch. And I sang these songs <laughs> along with doing so. <laughs> and this was before Lindsay Lohan, mind you. And um, so I was uh, doing my thing and I was acting and I was doing these song parodies. And lo and behold, after I was done, actually the general manager uh, was sitting in the audience and asked my director, who is that? And he said, well, that's Krista. And Basically, he said, uh, well, I want her for my morning show. So that was my um, entry into meeting the fabulous Dick Record at uh, Midwest Family in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And I joined then my senior year going to college as well uh, for acting with uh, 95.7 The Rock doing mornings. 
Okay, I gotta ask, as a Catholic myself, <laughs> how many Hail Marys and Our Fathers did you have to do after your performance? Girl, <laughs> I'm still, I am still doing it. I am still doing it. Um, but it was, it was so much fun. I mean, who, who knew that? You know, I always believe like certain things in your life are supposed to happen. The people in your life you're supposed to meet to get you a, to a different path in life. And I was like, well, it makes sense. God gave me red hair, and God took my eye, and now here I am. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, you hear a lot and we've heard over some of the last sessions on the radio rally that, um, you know, people looking to get into radio or people who have been in radio, a lot of them have had theater backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. My one, um, I remember my one teacher said, well, we just don't know where to put you, Krista, at one time. And I thought that was kind of funny. So uh, I was like, well, this must be my journey. So that's how I continued. So I was, yeah, I was going to school, graduating, and then also then, you know, getting up to do the morning show. And so that, it was so cool because I didn't know anything about radio. I just knew how to talk, but it was such a great experience for sure. I'm like, wow, what is this world called radio? <laughs> Cool. You were a green pea. So, okay, working radio yes. in the mornings is not easy. Um, it can be hard on your body, on your family life. And I know you have children. You have, a, a, I think, a daughter and a stepdaughter? Yes, I do. Yep. Gia, she's 11. And then my stepdaughter, Raven, she's 22 now. So what gets you fired up waking up early? I mean, what what is your motivation as soon as that alarm clock goes off? Uh, you know, gosh, it's funny, too, because people are like, how can you seriously get up that early? And for me, I just feel like it's the best slot as far as, you know, for radio, because it's our opportunity to like, you know, entertain people when they're like, you know, probably the grumpiest by going to work or maybe they're a bit tired. And I just think it's so much fun to actually like be there before they actually hit, you know, as we say, okay, it's time to start real life now uh, with your day with working. So that is always uh, entertaining to me to, to be able to have that opportunity to just to talk with people while they're in their car on their way to work. So what's a typical, what's a typical day look like in your life? What time do you get up? Do you do show prep before or night before? Oh, sure. So, yeah, so, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll usually sometimes get up at three in the morning. That's if I know, like, that's when I want to go work out because I'm a little crazy like that. But I'll, I'll get up and then I get to work around um, 530. And, you know, we start the show at six. But when it comes to my show, everything is um, outlined. So we pre-prep the day before. So we always know what is going on the next day. So that will be with um, any of the segments that we do. That will be with any of the interviews that we do. Um, those could be actually um, created weeks out before we get to that. So um, I'm I'm super organized, and I think that helps a lot as far as you know going through an e even flow. But not only that, that allows you know the the improv um, to to come through a lot easier when you know exactly you know this is A, this is B, this is C. Let's get to let's get to you know the rest of the show. And you have a, is it a co-host, Tracy? Yep, Tracy, yep. Um, it's fun because uh, Tracy and myself are actually a girlfriend. She actually used to do sales uh, for 93.1 Jams. And then, you know, we always enjoyed going out and having, you know, a glass of wine and talking reality shows because that's what we enjoyed. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Why don't you come on the show and we're going to do something called reality checks. So we just started, you know, kind of talking about all the sh reality shows from the housewives to the bachelor to the bachelorette. And um, at the time, my boss really liked it. And so she joined the show. So at the time, you know, I started I with a male host. Um, all of my past uh, morning show gigs um, have been with males. So this was the first time that I actually, you know, worked with a female uh, this close. And I actually also um, started with a female producer. So I, I kind of revamped the show um, at the time my boss wanted me to, you know, create a people's magazine of a, of a morning show. And so I did that and we were the first and are the first all-female morning show in Madison, Wisconsin. That's really, really cool. I bet that's a lot of fun to listen to. Um, you, when you got into radio and you, and you were like, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? Wh was there a standout <laughs> moment where you got, went, 
oh yeah, I definitely belong here. This is this is my niche. Well, it's interesting, you know, so yeah, you know, I started back in, you know, in 2000 in radio and then, um, you know, I worked for Midwest and then at the time, you know, I, I, I missed the, the acting. So I wanted to, to do what I thought too, that could be possible. And those were my dreams of, you know, um, auditioning for second city, trying to do the SR night live. So I, I pursued the acting for a while. And then once I got to um, Chicago, um, I did audition and um, I did, uh, I was at Second City and then I started interning for B96. But I was like, you know what, I really miss radio. And so I decided to go to the Illinois Center for Broadcasting. And at that time, um, I formed a demo. I wanted to learn more about what hands-on was uh, with radio more than just my voice. So I really wanted to educate myself on the, all the mechanics of radio. So the promotions to um, running the board to sales. And so that then um, led me to sending out my demo. At the time, my husband was uh, uh, living in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. And I had sent my demo out to uh, Guy Dark. Uh, from 96.9 The Fox at Cumulus. And I was just like, from then on, I'm like, I continued into radio. So I was like, you know, when you walk away just for a second, you're like, ooh, that's the jam right there. Plus, I wasn't making any money in, in uh, the acting world. So I was like, I got to go back and make money. <laughs> yeah, you get once you get bit by the radio <laughs> bug, it's over. <laughs> right? Yeah, It yeah. is like a drug for sure. So <laughs> how do you maintain your passion, Krista? I mean, you've been doing this a while. Yeah, it, you know, I just, I feel within myself, I, I have a quote that I always go by and I always believe that, you know, living your life every day, uh, laughing is so very important, you know, and I think too, with a lot of people that might be into this, you know, um, industry, obviously we feel a lot of emotion because I think it's super important to be, to be authentic in this industry. And this really allows me to be the person that I am, um, you know, that dorky, emotional, um, talk about the good times, talk about the hard times. I'm super, um, you know, passionate about helping other people. So this allows me kind of to do a little bit of everything, you know, talk about being a mom, talk about relationships, how they're hard, talk about, you know, the health, you know, how we're changing as we get older. I'm like, I, I can't believe how we can take our health for granted when we're younger versus we're, we're older. Cause now I'm like in my mid forties. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, it's just interesting how you can, you know, live life and, and kind of go with those changes in this industry as well and share that with people outside yeah. of, you know, the technical side. It's just the, hi, I'm growing up with, with my listeners. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's like you're having a cup of coffee with, with old friends each time you crack the mic. Who right. do you, you say that you you have learned the most from in this business or did you have a mentor or two or three oh for sure well um i'll first say as far as uh females uh when i first came across uh roxanne steel uh, i was uh interning at b96 for uh styles and roman and i was like she was the first female that i was like wow look at her do her thing and i thought she was fabulous so she was the first female that I remember um, seeing, you know, um, also I'm a huge fan and thanks to Morning Show Bootcamp, uh, you know, I've been going uh, there for the past uh, six years, uh, coming across Dee Dee McGuire. I just think she's phenomenal. I've had the opportunity to meet with her and to, you know, get tips from her. I've learned from her as well. Um, she sent me her media kit. I'm like, I need a media kit. So I was really cool to learn from that. And, you know, as far as my PDs, too, I think they're so important as well to help you, you know, uh, groom, you know, to bring you up in this field, especially when you when you leave a station. It's so important, I think, to have them um, to, always to support you. So uh, I'm, I'm really, help, uh, you know, happy to have had that with Dick Record and Brian Jackson and, you know, Guy Dark. And, you know, I worked with Dana Marshall in... Um, in Kalamazoo, Michigan at KFR and where I'm working now with Randy Hawk and Tom Walker. It's just, uh, it's been a, a great, you know, journey and the people that I've worked with, I've had such great opportunities to work with, you know, great guys, 
um, uh, also phenomenal producers and, you know, the chance to work with women. I'm just like, yeah. And I'm, and I'm all about, you know, I, I love meeting other fierce women like yourself, like I said, in this industry, cause I think it's super important. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest at first when I, when I was going to be like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to run a all female morning show. I knew I, I did not want it to be like this fluffy, you know, ha ha thing. Like radio was back in the day. Right. Like things Giggle have definitely girls. changed. And yes, girl. I was like, Ooh, I'm like, that's a laugh track. And I, I didn't want that. And I definitely wanted it to be, you know, I wanted guys to like it just as much as girls liked it. I love that. Krista, you should be so proud of yourself. Kicking ass, taking names. Um, what if I oh, you're say, Thank you. say your little girl comes up to you in the next seven years, she's getting ready to graduate high school. She says, mom, I think I want to do radio. What advice would you give her? Well, just like my mom and dad did, they, you know, follow your heart. Um, they did, you know, I'll be like, honey, you will have to hustle. I think that's super important, uh, in this industry, you've got to work your butt off and it, nothing is just given to you. I think that's really important. I, I think in longevity of this industry is that you got to be able to do whatever you can, um, to, to survive and to, to learn as much as you can, because I think the more that you know what to do, the more valuable you are. So, I would just instill that into her to work very hard and also to to have a voice. Speak up, you know, if there's something that you, you want to do or you're passionate about or something you want to say and, and always ask questions. Absolutely. That's great advice. Krista, we're going to ask you to hang out for a little bit. And at the end, we may have some questions from the audience for you. Congratulations on all your success. And thanks for being a part of the radio rally today. Oh, thank you. I so appreciate it. Thank you very much. Boy, you know, it's really interesting. What are the odds that two weeks in a row we would have somebody on from Second City? I I just don't know what the odds would be for that, but there it is. Fierce women, female superpowers. I, I just made some notes here. Of course, this is the first time we've ever had Catholic girl talk on the radio rally. I'm just gonna point these things out. I am not I am I am not surprised at all with super organized show prep did you hear all the show prep and all? i mean so interesting and the passion about helping others and the the thing about the hustle if you've been in this industry for any time at all you know that it is about the hustle krista uh will stick around for a few minutes uh after our second interview in case you have some questions for her coming up thank you heather of course you can catch heather on k frog stream and a variety of other stations in the west in the afternoon the radio rally is our weekly opportunity to visit with radio with our group the encouragers our very next guest is bob book uh, i knew i was going to botch your last name up but here it goes bob buckman is with us of course he doesn't strike me as somebody who moves around a lot we're going to ask a few questions about that he is of course the director of music programming at sirius xm but he's more than that he's a radio guy he's a rock guy bob served as VP of Programming at Long Island's classic rock station, WBAB. Of course, he has programmed KGB in San Diego, KLOS in Los Angeles, and spent a decade programming classic rock Q104.3 in New York City. Now, we're going to catch up with him right now, talk to him about his dream job. Bob, welcome to the Encouragers. How are you? Lloyd, it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, by the way, awesome that you do this. Oh, well, thank you so much. Listen, did did the start of your radio career really, really result in a knock on your door from the FCC? That's actually true. It wasn't my door. It was my mom and dad's door. <laughs> and even, I think that's even worse, right? It's Well, you know what? The guy comes to the door with a keep. This is 1974. So you have to remember, you know, things weren't small and, you know, uh, the technology revolution was nowhere near where it is today. So the meters that these engineers used to detect radio frequencies were about two feet high and one foot wide and about that deep as well. So he's holding this 10 pound meter in his hands, points <laughs> it to my mother. The, the meter is pinning and he says to her, I have reason to believe there's a radio broadcast coming from your house that's 10,000 times the 
the limit for an unlicensed broadcast station, to which my mother said, but he told me it was legal. <laughs> nice. So he came downstairs and uh, he said, um, give me the mic. I'd like to tell your listeners uh, I'm with the FCC and we're closing you down. And my mother said, again, my mother's the star of the story. My mother said, why don't you just let him play the Star Spangled Banner and go out with dignity? Oh, so nice. To, to which the FCC guy said, that's not a bad idea. That's just fine. <laughs> so wow. that's what happened. And we went dark. But we, we were on the air with a little 100-watt uh, pirate station because we were a bunch of teenagers who um, – uh, just, you know, we just, we were bitten at, you guys were talking about the radio bug. We were bitten by that bug and we couldn't wait to get a real job. And it's so interesting that a hundred watts is 10,000 times too much. Yeah. It's something like a, a 0.1 milliwatt is legal. Uh, you know, where you basically can get to the next door neighbor's house. Um, but <laughs> anything more than mm. that, yeah, yeah, you need a real license. Just reading about you and doing a little background on you, uh, you're kind of coming off to me like radio's version of Bruce Springsteen. Let me explain. You look very, very loyal. Can you tell us about your 20 years at WBAB, please? Thank you, Lloyd. I yeah, I, I really am loyal. And, and, you know, years later, these these guys, these superstars, you know, uh, come on the dial like Howard Stern that kind of teach everyone the, the, the value of loyalty, just loyalty in the business. Howard may be out of his mind, but he's one of the most loyal people in the world. And and I, I like to look for loyalty in life. And then I like to give loyalty back. So I was just a kid out of college. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of a lot of the world and certainly radio is luck and timing. You can have all the skill and enthusiasm and experience in the world. But if you don't also have luck and timing, you know, and everybody gets it eventually. This happened to be my moment when I graduated college in May. And sure enough, two weeks later, this guy, this entrepreneur uh, buys WBAB radio. And it, it was really a failing rock station, but it was a rock station, but really didn't make any money, a real true mom and pop. This guy was a bigger and better and smarter mom and pop. And you know, I, I approached him because he had a brand new station that wasn't doing well. And certainly I could say, I could say that to him because it wasn't his fault. He just bought it. Uh, so I said, you know, in college we did this, this and this. I can make your station that. And uh, you know what? He said, well, I already hired a program director, but uh, I'll put you on as my consultant. And I don't know what, whether it was $150 a week or whatever it was. So God bless that guy. He was one of my mentors, uh, Franz Alana, who um, was the buyer, and uh, he grew a small empire. You know, at the time, remember, there was a seven-station limit, 7 a.m., 7 f.m., for anyone in the country. And this guy, like, had four or five stations, which made him, you know, uh, pretty amazing. And, pretty um, big deal. Yeah. So, so basically, yeah, uh, it was a great story that started there. And, uh, you know, I elevated quickly because the ratings came pretty quick within several years. Uh, we, it was, it's a mini, it's a, it's a mini Z100 story of going worst to first. And it, it, it was really gratifying as a, you know, as a 22 year old kid. It's amazing what can happen when you start doing some real basic strategy, right? You know, Lloyd, that's exactly right. And and that's, I guess, I'm glad you gleaned that out of what I was saying about the, the mom and pop that preceded us, because there was no strategy. It was, you know, come on in and bring your records from home and do whatever you want. And, you know, this is the mid-70s. Oh, actually, yeah, it was the late 70s. And uh, so all we had to do is that, you know, the radio basics that we that we taught ourselves and uh, give some of the, you know, experience is the greatest teacher. So by working in college radio for four years 
and winning in college uh, with the, you know, kind of we had a little bit of a worst of first story in Ithaca, New York as well. So um, it teaches you the basics and the basics win. Absolutely. I love that. This is a football. You remember that speech, right? Right. That's right. So so then you did another eight years at Q104.3. What did you learn from going from that Long Island environment to New York City? And then, uh, you know, uh, Clear Channel at that point from Cox. What did you learn? Well, because Long Island is a, a part of the New York City Metro, um, I, I, I knew a lot about New York radio because I lived in the market and I, without living in the market, uh, you know, I was, I was out on Long Island. So that's a separate market. It's a top 20 market unto itself, but it's an embedded market in market one, New York. So because I just was a listener forever as a, as a kid, even before radio, and as a, as a guy who was in the business for 20 years at BAB, um, I really was a New York expert without ever stepping foot in a New York radio station and getting a paycheck for it. Uh, I knew it in my own mind, because I was a listener and, a, and, and had a little experience, um, I, I kind of knew in my own, uh, you know, like in my head, I'm like, oh man, all they have to do is this even though it's market one and they can go further. So anyhow, uh, after 20 years, um, I made the phone call. It was a wonderful opportunity that um, I found was still there after a year. And I said, I'm the guy for that. And they said, well, we're looking at a guy tomorrow to hire for that finally after a year's search. And I'm like, okay. And I, that's all I said. And then they said, why are you interested? And so uh, I, I met the general manager the next morning and, and it was a great, great, uh, great thing because yeah, uh, what happened was, and again, this is luck and timing again for me, the big radio stations that played rock in New York City had kind of fallen apart. And so, you know, WPLJ uh, fell apart many years prior to that. Um, uh, then WNEWFM and K Rock were the 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 lone standing rock stations, and K Rock kind of fell away from that. And then the 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 granddaddy of them all, WNEWFM, fell apart. And the general manager made a statement that went hey, I don't think New York can support a rock station. And of course, that was the ultimate insult uh, this kid from Long Island had to hear to know that that's completely wrong. And that gave me the incentive to make the call and get there. You're kind of like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I've got to get this job. That's exactly right. Uh, and so literally, you know, I, I, my concept was let's, you know, there were all these successful rock stations in the 25 years I'd been listening to, to New York radio, um, but they all fell apart in their own way. So let's take the best of this station in this era and that station in that era oh, and then this nice. uh, and then we had all these because new york is as as i had said a lot of embedded markets there's new jersey there's um, fairfield county there's you know uh, rockland and westchester so there, and, you know so so there's all these local little tiny stations like bab where i had spent 20 years so uh let's make the station also the best of those stations. So we took the best of a little Jersey station. We took the best of our BAB. We took quite a bit from NEW, quite a bit from PLJ, and we melded them together with philosophies and music and air personalities that were a blend of all of that. And that station is still top five in New York City, you know, what, 20 years later. You know what? That's got to make you pretty proud. You know, I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna switch hats on you, though. Okay, a lot of people from New York. Let's just face it; they don't really take so easily to California. Was it a tough decision for you to make to go? Look, I'm gonna. I'm gonna move to sunny California. So, it was. Yeah, I mean, it was. 
it was almost 30 years at the time that I had been doing radio in the New York area between BAB and Q. And so I had a health scare and was going, mm. had a recent divorce. And you know how personal kind of melds with professional in your own mind. Mm. And, you know, I thought, gosh, it's time for a change. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, and uh, how different can I make this? <laughs> and, and well, 3, there it is. Away. Yeah, and so I'll, I'll fast forward, though, to the end of that conversation about L.A. and my discovery was it's really not that different. I mean, you know, I'm a totally a New Yorker, and, and I, uh, my, my view of California was the same as everybody else's. La La Land, you know, very superficial, much slower moving, uh, like a, a Denver light with the granola thing, you know, I mean, mm. so... So that couldn't have been more wrong. Um, I got into this atmosphere at KLOS with a, a, a general manager named Bob Moore, who wasn't a New Yorker, but he may as well have been. He was out of his mind, fast moving, uh, you know, completely lovable, uh, and uh, just, um, just uh, you know, uh, um, you know, he was wily coyote. He was, uh, you know, absolutely. Uh, you never knew what the next moment. Uh, and so very unlike my perception of what California would be. So it was really like stepping into another New York for me. It was a station that really had fallen flat. And, um, you know, there was an opportunity to do something. Well, you had to get out of town and you took your luck and your timing with you and everything worked out. Look at you. <laughs> so, listen, we love to talk to people about mentorship because it's a big part of encouragement, obviously. And, uh, you know, if they have mentors, which you mentioned a little bit, you, you already have mentioned that. But we also like to know if they mentor others. Do you have something along these lines that you can share with us? So, Lloyd, I want to make sure I understand your question, like right. mentors that um, that like mentors that I could refer? How do you mean? No, I mean, look, uh, uh, nobody does anything alone, right? I mean, you have different people that you that you draft off of, that you learn things from, and people that you can reach out to if you get yourself in a little bit of trouble. You bet. So mentors, do you mentor anybody? Do you, you know, this is really the question. It's kind of an organic, and I'll let you pick either sure. or. Yeah, sure, sure, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's a great compliment to mentor people. I still do it with the BAB staff. Many of the people back at BAB that I hired are still there today, just like Q104, they're all still there. And I, I, I do, especially with the BAB guys, I still mentor them. But, um, you know, when I was, um, I was told, talking about, you know, listening to New York radio as a kid, a 14, 15 year old, so I went into New York City back in those days, cut out of school, and I went to the big program directors, the Rick Sklars, the, you know, the um, uh, Erica Farbers, who was a general manager. I mean, all these big people that I, a 14-year-old has no business, you know, wasting their time. And not one of them, and, and, and the big personalities. I sat with Don Imus. I sat with... Dan Ingram, I, I, you know, and so, Man. yeah, no, no, because you know why, Lloyd, here's how it's relevant to your question. That's smart. Not one person, not one general manager, not one program director, and not one air talent said no. Not one said no, you can't come up. So I have made it my policy to never, ever say no to a high school student who wants to come in and do a paper on the radio station or to someone who wants to get in the business, or to someone who's in the business who says, hey, what do you think of this? So that's a long answer to your question, but never say no. Now, let me tell you something. That's what I call a damn fine policy right there. And I hope everybody listening right now and everybody who listens to our podcast that results in this will take that policy on and take it as a challenge to do it as well. Uh, we have talked several different points with different guests on this program about how amazing it is to call up somebody that you think is, oh, my God, they're so big 
and then they turn out to be really nice people. It's pretty incredible. So let's talk about connection for a minute. What is the secret to really connecting with an audience as a programmer? Well, when you're a 20-year-old kid operating the station for 20 the 20 years at BAB, it's and because I say that because you're young enough. So you've got that young energy. You get out there and whatever the lifestyle is, I mean, it was a rock station for me. So that meant the nightclubs, you know, the rock concerts. And you learn about the audience. It's a two-way conversation. Keep in mind, this is the Stone Age. There was no you know, there were no cell phones that, you know, there was, there was no, no internet. So how do you do it? You, you, the old fashioned way was to just get in their faces and hear them say, you know, that, that really sucked. What, what, what did you guys do with it? Or mm. my God, I can't believe you played that. I, I'll, I, can you play more of that record or that band? So, so that's the old school way of addressing that. Like get in your audience face because one-to-one you know, they will program the station. It all melds together in your head, doesn't it? You get all these listeners and it all gets in your head and the good, the bad and the ugly. And, and um, so in today's world, um, yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's just connection. It's being really good at social media. It's being, you know, it's, it's like not only having your air talent work uh, with their personal accounts, if they're generous enough to do that, um, but but also the 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 the, uh, the station accounts, um, you know, uh, and to have a great social media director and to really make sure you're updating it and selling it because, as we all know, you know stuff does go viral uh, or at least even if it doesn't go viral, it it you know the the shares on things you do really add up quick and that's that's the best kind of advertising you can get. All right, let's talk about talent for a minute because you mentioned them. How have you been able to to help people on your different teams deal with the changing currents of radio over time and stay so balanced? Well, um, you know, it's for example at um, at the aforementioned BAB. You know, I mean, they're always going. You know, radio isn't simple, and and there there's changing. You know, it's a revolving door of owners, um, and when it's the same owner, it's a revolving door of, you know, programmers and, and CEOs, and so you know, you get those calls, and all you can do is 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 take them. I mean, just take them and don't say no, and and think and put yourself in their shoes and say, you know, hey. Um, you know, it, it, this is all, you know, it's, it's, um, it's that blending of personal and professional that kind of, you know, allows you to help people through questions. Um, and the questions vary, right? We all get questions that are different. You know, I got this job, it pays this versus that job that pays that. Uh, but that job is, is this and this and this better, even though it pays less. You know, it's all these situations. And I think real people can answer these questions. You don't have to be any, you know, all you have to be is a good friend and really care about, the person on the other end, uh, and they're, you know, and and the fact that, um, you know, you love the business. If it's a radio question, you're ju- you just I get that. I think you're complimented to be asked the question, and Absolutely. Um, it, and if you don't know, um, make a suggestion of, um, you know, e- either calling someone who might that you might know, um, or me personally picking up the phone and, and, and asking somebody else. You know, there's just a way to get stuff done. Um, and, and it is a crazy business. I think that's the way you started the conversation today, Lloyd. Um, <laughs> that's right. And, and uh, you know, we all have questions. We all need mentors. And our mentors don't have to be the guy that's, you know, written in stone uh, on our desks as, you know, this is one of my five. It can Anybody can be a mentor even for five minutes just by answering a question the right way. Good ideas come from anywhere, right? It's true. 
All right. So, you know, it's it's amazing to me that we have you on and and you kind of said the same thing that Krista said in another way when she talked about all these program directors that have helped her. What is that? It's like showing your people, look, I really care about you. I care about your path. I care about what you're doing here. I want to make this a good experience for you. I think it takes programmers a long time to learn that. Let, let's talk about the leap to Sirius XM. Okay, because I think a lot of people in radio are like, oh, wow, Sirius XM. Okay, that's totally different. Is is that a different kind of programming? Is it a different type of audience or or is it? Well, Lloyd, that's an amazing question. Uh, it, it's, um, it's a different type of programming. Other than that, it's the same. It's the same listener. Okay, they, they tend to be a tiny bit more affluent on average because it's pay radio. But, but other than that, it's the same. Um, um, uh, so, so I would urge everyone to consider there to be, don't be closed-minded about, I mean, I was. I, I'm, I'm only saying this because I was closed-minded. I was an FM guy for 40 years. So I, and I even said in the trades things that were not that complimentary about Sirius XM, most of which were wrong. <laughs> um, uh, uh, well, they were right at the time, but they're not right anymore. So, uh, but, but he, here's the thing. Um, there, are, there are many types of radio uh, and the most popular types of radio are FM, AM and Sirius, not necessarily in that order. Um, uh, uh, there are three types. There are not just two bands. Um, you know, Sirius has 40 million paid subscribers and 100 million potential listeners when they go free to air twice a year um, because there's 100 million people who can physically get it even though they don't all pay for it. So it's a huge platform. And the listeners are exactly the same. You get the same responses, the same greats, the same not so greats, the same, you know, feedback. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a great teacher for a programmer to be serious because with a hundred music channels, that's not exact, but it's close. With a hundred music channels, everyone has to stay in their lane much more than a terrestrial FM radio station that plays music would. There's also a hundred talk stations. Uh, so it's about 200 satellite channels and uh, God, I, probably a hundred uh, extra channels that are just online. So um, so that's the, the teaching point is they, they want um, uh, for, for programming is they really don't want, um, uh, in most cases, they want people who talk i think we someone said maybe it was krista said um oh it was it was krista she said um i didn't know anything about radio i just knew how to talk and that hit me because that's exactly what sirius wants they want people to talk and tell stories they do yeah. not want hype djs who talk at you and so that's the biggest thing i would say in general that's my number one point. And my number two point is don't just think of radio as AM and FM. You have for your own personal career, think of Sirius as well as a third band of radio stations. Oh, I might go a little bit further for you there and say that the future might not look like the past and we don't know what the future is yet. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there might not be three, there might be another number and it might sure. be really might be weird, right? That's so right. keeping that open mind is really important. I also right. will say this, I never miss an opportunity to do this with talent. Learn how to be a compelling storyteller and learn how to edit what you're doing. It'll be one of the most powerful things that you can take with you. I don't care what happens in your life. Let's talk about sharpening the saw a little bit. I love when we have somebody really smart. I love asking this question. Do you know what I mean by sharpening the saw? How do you improve? How do you get better? What are the things that you focus on? In other words, do you regularly do things that expand your knowledge? And who do you trust as resources for that, Bob? Well, the, the number one thing 
for me, it, you know, I think it cha- it's different for everyone. For me, it's uh, getting better at the music software. They're probably, mm. and that's a very boring answer, but no. it's a thing. <laughs> but but it's it's like so I'll go to tutorials that Music Master, uh, which is one of the big music scheduling companies. Uh, uh, Music Master, uh, you know, puts, puts these really cool video tutorials, and sometimes they're actual hour sessions um, to just try and learn the software better, so you can make it serve you better. So that's that's a, that's a good thing for me. Um, but I would give you that old school answer. You know, you stay on the social media stuff. We get we get social response as a platform and then each of the channels also gets it separately so by by reading the the all the social responses you get you did this shitty you did that fantastic <laughs> um why don't you do more of this and less of that you know you really get smart because you gotta let the listeners program the station <laughs> i've always said that and and it's it's if you don't really know the pulse of where they're at, you can't possibly be serving them very well. It's so interesting to me that the Sirius XM critique session might happen on Facebook. We did not know this, of course. So it's interesting to get yeah, that feedback I mean, directly. Very true. Sure. How, yes, absolutely. How, how do you encourage talent today about their career path and about the future of radio? So money is always something I, I, I always, it, 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 money is one of the important things. So rather than say it at the end, I say it at the beginning. I, I say, uh, I tell, um, I tell people who are thinking of, you know, blowing up the, the job and, and getting out. I say, just protect the paycheck, protect the paycheck, find something else and then blow it up. Don't blow it up now. You'd be surprised. I'm surprised at how many times I can't count them. I've had to tell talent that in the last 42 years. Um, so money's obviously important. We all have to pay the electric bill. Um, that aside, I would say be do as much as you can at a station. Um, you know, if you're if you're hired for on air, be a, be a a real advocate uh, for social media, for not only your show, but for the entire channel. Um, uh, you know, uh, what can I do for you, Mr. Program Director or Ms. Program Director? You know, how can I help? Um, you know, be early for the, the jock meetings. They don't have jock meetings anymore, I don't think, but they should, man. They should because there's nothing like jock meetings. That's one of the greatest mm. bonding things that a staff could have. Um, and I, I know that they do have them at, at many stations, but unfortunately at most, they're a thing of the past. Um, you know, but look for any excuse to, to, to get to know the staff and get to know the, the, the listeners and, and get to know the management because you know what? Uh, if you're this, this person who keeps your head down because you're afraid of getting noticed and getting fired, well, the reverse can happen. You'll be the last person to get promoted. So be confident, be present, be present, and be a real advocate for the radio station. Bob, I want to thank you for joining us on The Encouragers. Uh, we hope you'll tell all your folks at SiriusXM that they're a welcome part of The Encouragers, especially after spending this time with you. And I hope you'll stick around for a few minutes in case uh, people have uh, questions from our audience for you as well. Pleasure. Of course, every week we have visits from radio pros from different parts of the country. We do that for a single reason. We're here to encourage you and encourage anyone making a living in the radio business today. That's what the Encouragers is about. This is also where you can come and hear from people the ordinary, that ordinarily you might not even get to hear these people in such an intimate setting talking about radio right now. What's happening right now? Maybe not in the past, just right now. 
And of course, uh, you can meet them on our clubhouse events. Follow the people on the stage in this live event and look around the room, see some of the other folks you might want to connect with and network with. Our purpose is to encourage and networking is a big part of encouraging your career in the radio business. Don't forget next week, Monday, August the 16th, Dave Steele, commercial media voiceovers for radio TV, film, narration, agencies worldwide. Also, Vicki Pepper will be here, traffic reporter, director of public affairs uh, programming at Odyssey, uh, K-F-R-G, and you don't want to miss that and what they're going to tell us. We are going to open up the room in case you have some questions for our guests right now or anybody on our panel. You can just push the button at the bottom. It looks like, to me, it looks like a notepad in a hand. I'm sure they meant a smartphone of some kind, but that's what they got done. Of course, uh, you can do this right at the bottom of your device if you want. We, we don't force people to do that, so you can come on the encouragers any of our uh, live broadcast and you do not have to ask questions you do not have to speak up that's fine too uh, i also want to encourage you not to forget about our wednesdays on clubhouse called innovation and audio with skip dillard for wbls and hot 97 in new york city as usual we will have two guests but like normal on innovation and audio only one will likely be from radio the other is usually somebody who handles and works consistently with innovation itself and uh, it may or may not be tied to radio or even audio itself it's our way to give you a different creative perspective about change creativity and of course innovation this wednesday yes just two days from now uh we actually have a, a a little bobble going on right now. We had two guests planned, but one of them has had an emergency, and so we're we're working on that right now. But I can tell you uh, the the main reason that you can be confident about tuning in this Wednesday. Pat Miller is the idea coach, and he's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You will love what he says about ideas, inspiration. You want to be here for that for sure. And don't forget tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, Mike McVeigh and I are going to explore the Radio State of the Union in a live event on Clubhouse, a frank discussion about employment, job search, career management, corporate and local radio and the future. That is tomorrow. Tell your friends in radio, at least the ones you care about, that uh, you definitely want them to be a part of this live event. We're going to we're going to have some raw uh, we're going to have some raw meat. We're going to talk about things uh, in a very frank way tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. So let's talk questions if you have them. And if you don't, that's okay, too. Uh, Jesse, do you have a question for somebody on our panel? No, no real questions tonight. I just uh, really uh, enjoyed the chat with Bob and Krista. Actually, a question does come to mind for Krista, uh, although somewhat random, I, I'm always curious about this. Krista, um, getting up as early as you do, are you a napper in the afternoon or do you just go to bed <laughs> super early? Oh my God. I love that question, Jesse. Uh, no, I, I, I do try to nap. I like, I become a zombie sure at like three in the, at three in the evening, but, um, I do try to get to bed if I can, but I do uh, deal with insomnia. So this brain doesn't stop, but, um, I appreciate that. I was going to ask you maybe for your camping light, because I just got uh, back from camping for my husband's 50th anniversary of his birthday. Sure. So like... Yeah, I've got two of them. They sent two of them. All right. Um, so, yes, I'll get that address. And, uh, and, uh, and, and who knows, maybe Amazon will just ship one to you for free. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I absolutely love it when we have an opportunist on the show like that. That is a great way to do that. Krista, I do have a question for you because you're you are such a, 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 a fierce female and and you are you are using your female superpowers. And we know this because you're not doing you're not doing laugh tracks and you're not doing the you know, you're not the handy sidekick. And you certainly are around some people who understand what your talent level is. Do you feel like you are breaking the glass ceiling? Do you feel like you're moving the needle for women everywhere? Thank you for that, Lloyd. Uh, I do. I do. 
I it it was really important to me, especially when um, there was an opportunity where I was at in Madison, Wisconsin. I've always been like uh, the co-host. Right. It's um, but I've had my name be before a male. But um, at the time when my male uh, host actually was leaving, I was like, this is the time. And that's when I had met and saw Dee Dee McGuire. And I was like, wow, I could be a female and actually host my own show. And I took that opportunity. And as scary as it can be to go up to a program director and say, hey, I want to do this. Um, you've got to be able to speak up for yourself. And, you know, at the time, my program director said, I have 100 percent faith in you. And and that's how I acquired to have my own show. So I, I think it's important to believe in yourself and, and to be vocal for sure. Well, look, I'm sure you've been around a lot of male program directors that will tell you all the reasons that a female female show will not work. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong about that? Or you you face that, correct? I mean, I've, I've faced, uh, sure. I mean, I've faced, uh, you know, program directors that might, you know, not uh, agree with things that I say. But I, I'm so passionate that, you know, I can't keep it in. <laughs> so. I love that. Let me tell you a thing or two, right? Right. So, you know, but, you know, I I just got to stand, you know, my my ground and and see that they understand where I'm coming from. And, you know, I always respect, obviously, the person above me and um, just to share my thoughts. So I think that's what has helped me with the longevity and is just to work hard and always respect those that have helped you along the way. Absolutely. Listen, we do try to keep things to about an hour. One of the great things about our live events is that you can listen. There are there's no requirement to ask questions here. Thank you for joining us every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for the Radio Rally. Remember, if you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the Radio Rally, email me F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. I personally hope that you have a rock star week. Uh, We do like to say at Rainmaker Pathway and on the Radio Rally. Once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. And I mean that. A big thank you to Heather Froglier and Jesse Tack for being great co-hosts for this live event. Our thanks to Krista and to Bob, both being excellent guests and, of course, having so much patience and giving to our questions. A uh, special thank you to Joe Kelly for providing uh, a production, producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which will be available uh, probably within the next hour on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Just Joe Productions, we want to thank them for creating the audio footprint and distributing the podcast. Please share our podcast, the Encouragers, the Radio Rally, and the Encouragers Innovation and Audio, which is our Wednesday event. Event. Uh, you can share those with others who are interested in growing their careers in audio. Both podcasts are available right now on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please, please remember, be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the Radio Rally and the Encouragers. Good night.